the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good to be with you today, and as it is every day from 3 to 5. I'm glad to be uh, not a uh, indicted co-conspirator conspirator with uh, most of the rest of the country, I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. We're going we're gonna to laugh about some things, but have a serious, uh, you know, a serious discussion. You can call in at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I think people have a little bit of fatigue with the Trump indictments now. Um, just, you know, maybe that's not how you feel about it, but here's what I'm, I'm thinking. I haven't had a chance to read all of it. It's 98 pages, but here's what I'm thinking. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And what I'm concerned about is after this is resolved, whatever happens, whatever happens to Donald Trump in any of these cases, whatever happens to whatever might be coming for Joe Biden or Hunter Biden or other political figures, whatever happens, How do we get to a place where we aren't so divided? Because I think, I hope that I'm wrong, but I think that however this gets decided, meaning the court cases with Donald Trump, people aren't going to change much in their opinion of whether or not this is justice or whether or not this is banana republic politics, right? That people are, you know, I don't think everybody is that much divided on it on, on every piece, but I think there's definitely a left and right. Certainly in the media, there is. And I think that drives what a lot of people think. How do we get to a place where we are as a country back uh, headed in a direction that we can agree on is the right direction for the country? Because I think if we don't, we can go on with our lives. I think most of us aren't thinking of these things too deeply, meaning we're still going to the beach and we're going to hang out with each other. We're doing things. And, and you know, if you look at the, most of the country and you travel around and talk to people, people are able to have a lot of civil conversations. But I think the uncivil conversation is growing, and we've certainly been not civil in the media and other things. Where does this take us? I don't want to think about that. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Donald Trump was indicted again yesterday, in uh, this time in Georgia. And uh, this is the district attorney last night late talking about it. I'm here with the prosecutors and investigators who have worked diligently on the investigation of criminal attempts to interfere in the administration of Georgia's 2020 presidential election. Today, based on information developed by that investigation, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment, charging 19 individuals with violations of Georgia law arising from a criminal conspiracy to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in this state. 
That was Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis and uh, talking about it. She went on to talk about several different things uh, related to it. It's 100 pages just about, and a lot of it is actions. It's a RICO case, so it is a conspiracy case where 19 people, 19 people, including Rudy Giuliani, some other names that you've heard of, were indicted um, along with President Trump as working together to essentially steal the presidency, which I thought was confusing because even if whatever they were doing in Georgia worked, it's, he still doesn't win. He still doesn't. Georgia does not get him enough electoral votes, Georgia on its own, to to change it. But at any rate, I think, as I've been saying, I, I'm wishing that these things would become very clear so that whatever side a, the American people are on, Everybody gets to be on the same side, say, no, he's guilty or no, this shouldn't have been brought and that we can have some agreement because the division itself is uh, what I'm concerned about. You know, something that happened yesterday that was crazy and it leads to this problem is the indictment was published on the district attorney's website hours before the district, the uh, grand jury actually voted on it. And so it immediately raised questions. Well, how do you post the indictment and say this is the indictment against these people when the grand jury is still meeting about it? And, you know, and reasonable people can look at that from a couple of ways. You can say, well, you probably prepare it and you have it so that as soon as they do vote, you just upload it and you can just delete parts if the grand jury says no to different pieces here and there. You know, I've, I've had meetings before that I, you know, church meetings or stuff where there's been documents that are handed out after the vote because you assume the vote's going to go a certain way. You know, I think you can reasonably say that, but it was obviously at minimum a terrible mistake to post the indictment before the grand jury voted on it. And then it became a weird scramble. I've never seen anything like this. All day long yesterday to try to get this indictment to happen yesterday, and it wasn't even announced until almost midnight East Coast time. You know, when the courts close at 5 p.m., normally you just come back the next day, right? And why does it matter that that got done you know, this case get done on a Monday late rather than a Tuesday afternoon or even on Wednesday. It really made no difference, right? It makes no difference to the case. Why did this happen? A reporter at the press conference last night, remember this is about midnight East Coast time, asked Fannie Willis uh, what happened here. Earlier today, there was a fictitious document according to the fictitious document. So what, you know, I don't know if you can hear him, but he's asking about a fictitious document. So the story came out that said, hey, that indictment that got posted, it's fictitious. It's a placeholder, right? We're just practicing. We're just getting it ready for the actual indictment. So they said, ignore this. It's not the indictment. The grand jury's still meeting, silly. Don't worry about it. But then when the indictment comes out, it was exactly the same thing. They lied about it in the afternoon. It's this weird thing. And the point here I'm making is that when you're in a situation where you're trying to to help reasonable people come to a reasonable collusion, uh, you know, uh, uh, conclusion together, then you probably shouldn't post the results of a grand jury vote before the grand jury has actually taken the vote. So this reporter is asking, and uh, he asked about the fictitious document and how it turned out it wasn't fictitious. And uh, how did that happen? Earlier today, there was a fictitious document according to the Fulton County Clerk's Office that was circulating online with charges against former President Donald Trump. Those, that fictitious document uh, matched exactly the charges that we now see in this indictment. Can you tell us more about that document leak? Uh, because now you have the former president's lawyers who are saying that this is emblematic of a serious problem. 
with your office? No, I can't tell you anything about um, what you refer to. What I can tell you is that we had a grand jury here in Fulton County. They deliberated till almost 8 o'clock, if not right after 8 o'clock. An indictment was returned. It was true billed, and you now have an indictment. Um, I am not an expert on clerks duties um, or even administrative duties. I wouldn't know how to work that system, and so I'm not going to speculate. Next question. So she basically said, she didn't know. You know, she had to know. For sure there was a meeting, right? For sure there had to be a meeting. People coming in saying, uh, Mrs. Willis, uh, we have a problem. We already posted the indictment and the uh, grand jury already went home or the grand jury's not voting today. The witnesses aren't coming in. They had to call everybody and they did all this crazy stuff yesterday to get this done late at night. And I, the only reason to do that at this point is because I think because they posted this thing because it wouldn't have made any difference the next day or the day after. And you know, the Trump people, of course, are are saying this shows the incompetence of the district attorney. They're going to make as much political hay as possible. And there might be a there might be something to bring to court about it. Right? If I'm on the grand jury, I think it would bother me if I was on a grand jury. It would bother me. Right. If uh, my vote is just assumed. Why am I listening to testimony here if you've already come to the conclusion? And that's kind of what a grand jury is, right? The, the old cliche is you can uh, get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich that you just throw a whole bunch of stuff on. There's no defense presented, right? The Trump people don't come in and give their whole defense. There is none of that in a grand jury. Grand jury basically says, you know, is there enough evidence here that the prosecutor has where it would be all right for them to go ahead and uh, put the charges out there? That's what they do. And that's what they did. And uh, so it's not guilt. It's just Okay, there's a, there's a case here, we think, and go ahead and uh, push forward with it. Anyway, the the thing is that bugs me about it is it's just another thing that fuels the the speculation that all of this is political, and it very well might be. You know, certainly most most people, even on the left, agreed that the floor, the New York charges are political, and they had to convolute. You know, they had this convoluted uh, felony that most people think is not going to be even charged, probably. And the misdemeanor of, uh, you know, where you put uh, certain monies in your your business, you know, he's probably guilty of that. But uh, it's like a thousand dollar fine or five thousand dollar fine or something. It's nothing. And they convoluted this whole uh, uh, election um, uh, felony. And uh, that's probably not happening. And people have wondered with the, the other ones, there's there's different things on each one, regardless of what's true with that. What I think is, is we're not going to agree And I think that that's bad because there are other implications here. Let's say that President Trump is found guilty here. Or if you can't wrap your mind around that, let's say that uh, Joe Biden is impeached or his son is charged and you don't really like that or just some other case. The cases, even though it's about President Trump or about these co-conspirators or about Joe Biden or about whoever it is, even famous people cases, okay, it establishes when they're criminal cases, it establishes precedent. Meaning that the way this case, these cases are put together, charges in the future might be brought based upon about to anybody based upon how these cases are brought together. And if this is just we're going to throw everything against the wall here and see what sticks because we want to get President Trump and the district attorney in New York and in uh, Georgia have been campaigning on this. They campaigned on we're going to indict President Trump. How do you campaign on that? Uh, and then they're sending out fundraising letters. See, hey, we're doing it so for their own reelection, right? So there's all kinds of political controversy with all of this. What 
but they're putting together real cases that ultimately affect people like you and me. Because one day, whatever happens here, particularly if he's convicted, but also if he's not convicted, it's going to be how the court finds. And if the court finds that this is, in fact, a, a uh, conspiracy, it's racketeering, all of these charges, well, those same findings are going to be applied to regular people later on. And if it's not good findings, if it's just politics, if it isn't very clear, then what you're going to have is something that is going to cause a lot of false prosecutions later or political prosecutions. Or maybe we're just going to start politicizing and, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, criminally charging presidents for things that they do wrong. So somebody suggested, is it possible that a future court is going to charge Joe Biden with accessory to murder or manslaughter because he incompetently handled the Afghan withdrawal. And if the case is, if it, let's say a Republican administration comes in and they're like, well, you came after Trump, now we're going to go after Biden. And so they create, they put together a grand jury and they say, look, uh, it was clear to the entire planet that the Afghan um, uh, exit for our troops was badly carried out. It was so badly carried out that even the British Parliament got together and censored President Biden, which is true. They did. Our allies were so ticked off. There was so many things that were bad about that. And 13 U.S. soldiers died in a bombing at the airport. And the way all that was handled was so bad that we think this is criminal, that this is something that is beyond the presidential duties. Now, I'm just saying that I don't think that he should be charged for that. I think he did a bad job. I think that that was a, a disaster, that whole thing. But are we creating a system where we're just going to prosecute presidents for doing a bad job? Or are we going to prosecute politicians or, or people for being incompetent? You know, I don't think that what, what appears to be what President Trump was pursuing in Georgia had a chance of succeeding. In fact, uh, you know, they proposed numbers, this many uh, false votes and this many things. But the problem for them, and this is, this is part of that indictment, is that they presented these as notions and suspicions, but no evidence, meaning we think 12,000 dead people voted um, and they voted for Joe Biden. Okay, well, what? who are the 12,000 people? Well, we don't have names. What they wanted was the entire voter database, and I'm not against doing this. I think they should do it. And they want to find out. So they gave an estimate. We think this many dead people voted, and we think this many uh, illegal aliens voted, and we think this many uh, you know ineligible votes happened. And but they didn't support it with these particular dead people voted. You've, in court, you've got to do that, right? If you're going to have proof, you have to say these, these 10,000 people are dead and these 10,000 people voted. There's obviously fraud. You have to show that. And they didn't quite get there. Um, but I don't think it's criminal to, to propose that. It didn't go anywhere. Nothing happened, right? The court said, what's your evidence? They said, well, we don't have it yet. And the court said, okay, well, you can't come in here if you don't have it. I'm not sure why that's criminal, and then nothing happened. Regardless of it, whatever happens here is going to be precedent for future presidents, for future governors, for future senators, for future you know, uh, school board members, for future people. That's something that we have to look at with all of this when we think about how we're going to move through as a country. Otherwise, the disunity that this will cause, the disunity that we're going to have, I think, whenever this is resolved, whether he is acquitted or convicted, I think that Trump people will celebrate an acquittal and that non-Trump people will celebrate a conviction, regardless of the facts. I'm worried about that. I don't think that's true with everybody. That may not even be true with most people, but I think that's how 
In fact, I don't think that's true with most people. I actually have a much greater faith in the American people that they're paying attention. But I think the way it's going to be presented is dividing us in many other areas. And it's deeply troubling. And it's troubling because of a certain fact. A house divided against itself cannot stand. What direction do we want to go as a people? You know, what direction should we be taking on the issues of the day, on the role of America in the world? Should we be giving money to Ukraine or other countries or not? Should we be allowing men, biological men, to uh, be in women's sports or not? You know, how do we do we do surgeries on children who want to change their gender or not? Do we want to continue uh, housing first policies with homelessness or do we want to pursue recovery policies? At some point, a decision is going to have to be made. But if all of those things are just partisan, left and right, then we're going to keep going down the line until something breaks. That's the house that no longer stands. You know who came up with that, by the way? You might be thinking Lincoln, but it's Jesus. He's the one. And Lincoln stole that from Jesus on purpose. It's an interesting story. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I want to encourage you on uh, these things, you know, to be thinking about this with wisdom in the conversations that we have with each other, that we, you know, take the time, if you're really into it, to read these indictments or read the different things that get let out uh, by the Congress about Joe Biden or Hunter Biden or those things. Actually, read it. You get an interesting perspective on the news, and then watch both sides. You don't have to agree with both sides. Somebody might be just often they're lying to you, or it's what Rush Limbaugh used to call the drive-by media, right, is that they don't really look at the facts. They just have kind of an opinion, or they think what it is, and they just say it, and then it's when you dig into it, it's not really true. I think we together can look into the facts of these controversial things and come to some similar conclusions. I think it's important that we do that. In Matthew 12, this is the context of Jesus talking about a house divided. He says, they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he he could both talk and see. And the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. So the people watching this said, he must be the Savior. He's the son of David. This is the Messiah. He cast out these demons. But the Pharisees, who were threatened because of their political and uh, their religious status as religious leaders, they said, nah, it has to be demonic what he's doing. They accused him of that. Jesus knew their thoughts, as he does. And he said, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. And that's the, the context. If Satan drives out Satan, you know, he exposits what he means here. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How can this kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, then by whom do you drive? Do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's the context. All right, the context here is Jesus saying, look, I just did something clearly one-sided against another side. And you're trying to say I'm part of that side? That doesn't work. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And if the house starts to attack each other, then it's not going to stand. This is something that is true even in our household. I think it's so interesting that Jesus said every kingdom 
every city and every household, meaning that this is true for our country. It's also true for our cities. Let's think about it. If you're in Los Angeles or you're in San Diego and our cities are divided about what to do for homelessness, we're divided about what to do for the, the criminal rampaging that we've got going on. Well, eventually one side or the other is going to essentially, I don't want to say win because it's not necessarily a win. It can be a loss. One side, though, is going to win. When Lincoln said this, it was 1858. He was running for Senate and he lost, by the way. But he was talking about slavery. And he said, I believe that a house divided against itself cannot stand, that either we're going to be a nation where we allow slavery everywhere, or we're going to be a nation where we outlaw slavery everywhere, but it's not going to be one or the other. At the time, the northern states were outlawing slavery, and the southern states were continuing slavery, and then there were negotiations and plans for new states as they entered the Union about who would be a slave state, if you know the history and all of that corniness. But in the, in the meantime, what was actually happening amongst the people of the United States was they were horrifically divided. Many of the politicians didn't understand this. Uh, president Buchanan, who was the president right before Lincoln, one of the reasons he's considered America's worst president, and you might think it's, it's Biden or Trump or Obama or whoever you don't like who's alive now, but no, everybody agrees it's Buchanan. He was an idiot. And one of the reasons he was terrible is that he actually believed that the issue of slavery would be eventually resolved in the courts, and so we don't have to worry about it. He didn't believe that there would be secession or that there would be any violence or that any of the Civil War would happen. His approach was this will get resolved in the courts, and it's not really that important. And the reason he's a bad president is because the whole country knew this was the issue. The whole country knew we're about to shoot each other over this issue. We're dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing. States are going to receive. They're going to be all. Everybody knew except the president. And uh, he just got it completely wrong. Lincoln completely understood. In fact, Lincoln lost that Senate race in 1860 or 58. But he believed that his speech about a divided house cannot stand is the reason he ultimately got elected, because that stuck with people as true. I think that we have got to take a look at our society, our cities, our country, even our own households husband and wife, parents and kids, right? There's a, there's a vision we should have for our families. If we, when we're divided about what's true, if we're divided about what is factual, what is reality, what ought to be, what is moral, those kinds of things, we're in a lot of trouble. And when I think of all the political chaos that, and it's going to be chaos, it's going to be crazy coming up here in the next political year, something we've never seen, I think. There is grave danger to our country if we cannot find a united purpose, a united direction. And in our cities that are being torn apart by crime and by homelessness and by a whole lot of things, if we cannot agree on what is right and we keep pursuing policies that have demonstrated themselves to be wrong, we are we're in a lot of trouble. This is how I think as Christians we need to pray and how we need to think even about our, our conversations. I got to take a break, then I'll take your calls. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Don, I see your call and uh, others. We'll get to your calls as the Tuesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. 
Now, back to the show. We are following our part, our, our normal practices. And so it doesn't matter your status. We have mugshots ready for it. That is the Fulton County Sheriff talking about how they will take a, a mugshot of uh, President Trump. And uh, President Trump has not had a mugshot with the other indictments. This one, he says uh, he's going to. I don't know if Secret Service are going to go for that or how the jurisdiction works. But if he does have one, do you remember Tom DeLay? He was a Republican who got... Uh, I forget what he got convicted of, but it was some kind of uh, fraud or something he was a part of. Anyway, uh, people were real excited about his mugshot and posting that everywhere. Well, he goes in to get his mugshot taken, and he wears a suit and tie, his congressional pin, and he smiles. It looks like his official photo. You throw a flag behind him, and it looks like his congressional photo. And you couldn't really use it anywhere because he doesn't look like a guy getting indicted or having a mugshot. He looks like he's having a school photo done or something for his parents. I think that's what I think. If Trump has a mugshot, I think he's going to go in and smile, and except for the fact that it's a mugshot, it's not going to look like a mugshot. I'll bet that he goes through the uh, the Tom DeLay school of uh, how to do a mugshot. They couldn't use it against him. And, uh, you know, people's mugshots, they always look terrible. I always think about them. I mean, sometimes you just got busted or you busted over the head. There's a reason, right? But sometimes people, I think, you could have smiled for that. You could have, you know. I know it's it's just, it's all politics, but I find that stuff interesting. Maybe you don't. More importantly is the discussion we're having about a house divided and whether or not our country is divided, where are we headed? How do we get to a place, whether it's our country or our city, even our households, and not be divided? Because whether whatever's true, if we're divided, we're not going to stand. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Don in Playa Vista, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, Scott, uh, you know, I... I um... I, I, I'm not a cynic about this. I uh, believe that this is just not about politics. This is about lawbreaking. And the real easy solution to all this division is for the, law, the people doing committing the lawbreaking to repent or stop it. They won't do it, though. But you keep on making it into a political thing. Now, Donald Trump has a solution for this division. When he gets back in power, it's going to be the retribution tour, he says, revenge tour. Mm-hmm. He's going to silence all criticism. And that, that you know, he will... He loves violence. This man, is a, he's been a criminal all his life, and the Republican Party and he willingly elected him, and all these people have enabled him. And now they're in hot water because they, they went, they, uh, no, the, the grand jury, they say, was in tears listening to mm-hmm. the people testifying there about what uh, happened here and their, how their lives were ruined by these 18 people insisting uh, on trying to overturn us, and they had no uh, no. What I'm talking about here, Don, though, is that half half the country doesn't agree with you on this. Half the country thinks that he's not guilty, that this is a political uh, attempt, right? So that's the, the division that I'm talking about is that, it is, a problem. It is, is that half the country agrees with you, but the other half of the country does not. Well, that's their problem to repent, because when you're wrong, you repent. Yeah, but, but they say, here's, here's why this is hard, though, Don, is they say that your side needs to repent. Right, both sides would say no, that. I think you're right. Wrong. That that they're people wrong. need to well, you're saying that and I, I understand you're saying that, but see this is the complicated part. The other side would say that you're wrong. So how do we how well, do, do we come to agreement reason? on who's wrong? Yeah. As a country. Well you're gonna have to find out the day of judgment apparently, you know. Maybe. Well for sure we're gonna find out then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you see how complicated this is, is that uh, well, it's uh, yes, when you have uh, sides uh, who just say the other side's wrong. You know, you know what a lot of this goes back to? 
So the mission of the church is to reconcile people to God and people to one another. Blessed are the peacemakers. The mission of politics is to make laws and enforce them to to keep um, criminals and violent people from threatening and ruining the lives of innocent people, relatively innocent people in your society, everybody, not just Christians. Mm-hmm. If we are going to do our mission right, we will be model citizens in a pluralistic society, not trying to overthrow the government to have a Christian um, nationalism in the place which right now, using the, the democracy process to destroy the democracy process from that point on. But half the country, I understand what you're saying. Is it possible that, you know, is, I understand what you're saying, but half the country disagrees. Half the country thinks that uh, Donald Trump is not a criminal. Real quick, they can start by reading uh, reading up about these indictments. But he hasn't been, he also has not been convicted of anything, right? So they're going to say, you're calling him a criminal, but he has not actually been convicted of anything. And uh, maybe he will, maybe he won't. I think there's technicalities. That doesn't mean he's innocent or guilty. What will you say after he's convicted? What will you say after he's convicted? Well, and that I think, is the, and I think that's, that's the question I'm asking. So if he's convicted, will people who support Trump now say, okay, I agree, he committed these crimes? No, or, no, no, no Yeah, see, so you don't think so. No way, so if he's no. acquitted, listen, if he's acquitted, then are you going to say, okay, I guess he didn't con- – do he's these not, crimes. He's not, he's not going to be acquitted. <laughs> he might, okay, be acquitted. but see that, but you're not answering my question. See, this is where I'm getting at with the division part, is that I think you're, I agree that if he's convicted, a lot of his people are going to say, no, he's, it was uh, a sham. But I think if he's acquitted, I think a lot of people against him are also going to say, uh, no, he's still guilty. See, that's, oh, that, well, no, well, that's, that's what we have to get guilty. beyond. Look, look, objectively, he is guilty of breaking many, many laws. Well, we don't know that. There's been no, there's been no convictions. You don't know that. You don't read the papers. You don't read the news. Watch the news. I do. I I read the stuff, and he's gone through no court system that has convicted him of crimes. Look, God expects you to have the judgment to be able to tell right from wrong, without having to go through a court case. Sometimes court cases end up the wrong. Conclusion. Well, I agree with that, but how in the world are we as a nation going to move forward if we can't I'm, I'm agree? I'm trying to tell you. If the church so we're, we are going to agree, if we agree with you, we can move forward, but if we don't agree with I'm you, trying, we can't. Scott, I'm trying to give you some advice based upon the Bible. The mission of the church is spiritual. It's about reconciling people to God, not politics. Okay. Politics is about coercion. Politics is about force. The, the, the gospel and the kingdom of God is about persuasion and evangelism. Okay. But we're not winning people because we're making ourselves so odious to them. Then we, then people like you stir everybody up thinking that we're all being persecuted, that we're, they're all coming after us. They're not coming after us. They're coming after Donald Trump because he's such an incredibly lawless person. I don't care if he's the president or not or former president. All right. He's, I, I'm, he's just a lawless one. Okay, that's, that's your opinion. Trump. So my, my opinion for today and what we're talking about today is that half the country believes the opposite of what you're saying. So how do we resolve no, it? it? Don, Don, I appreciate your call. I'm going to go on to some other calls, but I appreciate your call and uh, your opinions on that. Byron in Long Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, how do? Hi, Byron. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm listening to, uh, at least that guy, he's not as, uh, he's kind of spot on right. So you agree Donald with Trump Don? Is worst, yeah, Donald Trump is the worst thing that ever happened to this country. Correction. The White House in this country. He has a dark, devious, diabolical, some would say demonic sway 
open people. So That's how do we deal with, so my question so for this hour is, uh, Byron, so half the country does not agree with you. Half the country does, half the country does not, according to polling. So that's so. How do we how do we come to a consensus? I don't believe we can come to a consensus. So we're so. Does this happen then with each next president? Is every next president is one side going to say that that person is the worst thing ever to happen? Well, no. So there's some. There's got to be some I solution. Believe, I believe, as time goes by. After we get by this Donald Trump era, they, we will be able to disagree. We'll go back to being more civil, violence. you think? Right, without violence. Right, <laughs> Donald Trump. He. Well, Donald Trump has happened to the country. But the the violence thing, there's there's been there's of course January sixth, but there's lots of violence yeah. that has gone on that right. has not driven but by Donald that, Trump. So you think all of that ends whenever the Trump era ends? Well, killing will begin. But as it is right now, there's five lives that were lost on January 6th. Nobody, he has yet to say, I'm sorry about that whole situation. Well, people disagree on who's responsible for all of that on January 6th. Well, Donald Trump. Well, some people would say it's because, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue against you. What I'm, I'm pointing out is that there are people who are on the exact opposite page of you, right? So, and I'm, I've, I've heard some people say when the Trump era is over, we'll go back. I don't know if that's true. Uh, it might, maybe Donald Trump becomes the, the normal type of person in leadership after this. I don't know. I think- Check this out. Four indictments. You want to know what they say? Where there's smoke, there's fire. He wouldn't be, if he hadn't broken all of these laws, even though he hasn't been proven guilty yet. Um, well, well, possibly. Be, but see, other, the other side is saying that about Biden right now, that the future might be impeachment and indictments for him. Keep talk, up Biden. That's we, a, that's I'm just pointing out how divided we are, uh, Byron. But I appreciate that, I, I, your call, and for listening. i got to take a break here. Paula, I see your call. I'll get your call here in just a minute. So what I'm talking about is exactly this. We seem to be in a place where our country, we want to say, I'm right and you're wrong. And somebody's right or wrong, or maybe everybody's wrong. And maybe there is a solution down the path of nobody's entirely right here. And uh, maybe we can explore that a little bit when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show Tuesday edition. We'll be back uh, in just a moment. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. 888-528-2557. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Wow. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. You know what that is? That is a clip of Donald Trump that he was responding to hearing for the first time about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Wow. 
I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. Now, that clip is being used all over social media today in a, a meme. And this is this gives me some hope for the country is that people on the left and right, people posting these, making jokes about him getting indicted for everything else. So, for example, one of them has him, uh, it says he's being indicted for not saying Uno when he was down to one card. That's kind of funny. Another one said, and they use that same clip. So what you see is that the video starts and it has Trump saying this. Wow. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. And Trump was being indicted for still owing Columbia House for the 12 CDs he got for one cent in 1992. People are funny. Did you ever do that? I did that. I got into that thing. And then they, they, uh, you get your 12 CDs for a penny, but you got to promise to buy one or two more in three years or something. And then you don't get around to it. And then they start sending you the, the angry letters. And then they, uh, they send you a card every month. And if you forget to mail back the card, then they send you some CD you don't want that you got to pay for. Uh, it was crazy. All right. We're talking about, uh, a house uh, divided and, uh, that kept up with the payments. What's that? Jose said, who do you know that actually kept up with the payments? That's the real question. Well, I think that's why they don't do that anymore, because everybody got their 12 CDs for a penny and they were done. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. House divided. How do we, how do we move it back? Mary in San Diego, welcome to Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Uh, hi, Pastor Scott. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Mary. Go ahead. Um, I wanted to comment on the last uh, two gentlemen who were on the phone. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, from what they are saying, it does sound like they are not very well informed. And I can recognize that because I used to be that person. Um, back in 2020, I remember that there was a lot of things going on you know, politically. And I was one who was completely against Donald Trump. Um, as a Hispanic, mainstream, mainstream media has a lot to do with it. And when we listen to mainstream media without doing our own research, we fall into that uh, mistake of pointing fingers and not being well-informed. Yeah, so you feel like you're more informed today. You know, do you yeah. feel like... Do you feel like... Uh, so you would say you disagree with uh, the other callers that we've had? Yes. And that they're misinformed. So they would probably say, no, we think you're misinformed, Mary. How do we get beyond that? The way that we get beyond that, and I will tell you because personally, uh, back in 2020, I was very confused. Um, I didn't know what was right. And so what I did, and it may seem... Um, dumb to most people, but I sought Lord in prayer, and I asked him to give me clarity, to, to show me the way to find what was true of what was happening politically. I mean, at the end of the day, we shouldn't really focus, as Christians, we shouldn't focus too much on what's going on politically, because we know that times will get worse. Hmm. They will not get better from this point on. Yeah, eventually yeah. that's true, and that's wise, I think, to remember that whatever is uh, whatever is true is ultimately revealed in Christ, not from Washington D.C. Yeah. from either side. Exactly, and I would I would say to those two gentlemen who called and who are not well informed politically, um, do your own research, and not just 
on your own, but seek God to, to show you the way, to, to show you what is true, because while it is important for, for us to be well-informed, those uh, is our, our relationship with the Lord. I think that is what's more, more important than anything else. But if we do want to be politically informed, we have to make sure that our resources are also correct. Mainstream media will never lead you in the right path. They will hide. There's. I want to. I have a lot of calls. I have a lot of calls, Mary. I think yeah. you made a great uh, a great point about praying and realizing that there's more to this. You know, how do we get resolved rather than by just saying one side's wrong and the other side is right? For sure, reading both sides and getting into prayer. I think prayer is going to lead us into a another direction too. I'll finish with that here in a minute. Paula in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Paula. Go Hi, ahead. My name. Hi. Yes. Uh, I believe that we're in a very severe spiritual warfare, good against evil. I don't want to condemn anyone, but I will say that when President Trump was in office, he did everything by the Constitution, which is something we aren't seeing now. He was supposedly born again, so he's already forgiven for his past. So I think that, uh, and I've done the research also, it's not just hearsay. Mm-hmm. I do, I'm a born-again Christian. Uh, I know that he does read the Bible. And, and Paula, uh, though, how do we deal with people, though, who would say they've also done the research and have come to a different conclusion? Well, I guess I'd have to say the same thing that this other uh, lady had to say, and that's that they need to do some praying. Or they need to do a little more research. Well, we need to we need to pray. I appreciate that. I think that prayer and uh, the research, uh, you know, for the Christian in navigating this, you know, I think that there is another way. Because as one of our callers said, is you know, our purpose is to make disciples, not to win elections. Jesus never said, you know, go out and get enough people elected, and uh, then you can force people to believe in me or anything like that. Right? Is is there is more to this. and But at the same time, we live in a society where we are, interestingly, the first real society where the people, the power resides in the people, right? So we have something to say about it, but we've got to say it in a way that also is going to reflect the kingdom of God. Sherelle in Inglewood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, yes, Sherelle. Um, hi. Well, I, as I have stated many times on your show, that I believe that the truth will come out concerning um, what's actually factual and what's not. And this being aware that no matter what resource you get, everybody has a bias. And that it's not really about our bias or anything like that, but what's actually factual. And I still believe that the truth will come out. I believe with the truth coming out, most people will be able to accept that. I don't really believe people are as hyper-partisan as that is portrayed a lot in our media and social media. Yeah. And I believe that we won't have something like this once this the truth comes out, because I think it's more about a lot of different dynamics that were going on during um, the former president's presidency and what's even going on now. Do you so think, I don't believe yeah. we're going to have this keep happening and happening, especially if the truth comes out. And if both are guilty, both should, will be and should be punished accordingly. If only one is, I don't really care which one it is, because 
I don't have a loyalty to either one. Mm. So that's, you know, how I see it. You know, I might, whoever I voted for, I'm not, I'm not in a cult or hyper-partisan about it. Yeah. So that's how, where I believe, that's where I stand with it. Well, I tend to think that you're right, that our country, regular people, are, are not as um, stuck in one side or the other. I'm hoping that that's true. I have some cynicism. But uh, I hope that you're right about that and that all these court cases and all the stuff that truth blares forward in such a way that reasonable people will agree on what's true. Yep. Yeah. Cheryl, thanks, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Brenda in Woodland Hills, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Brenda, go ahead. Go ahead, Brenda. Oh, hi. Um, Pastor Scott, thank you for taking my call. I really want to. I really want to say. That, uh, I think all of this, like President Trump even said, is a witch hunt. They're trying to crucify him and do it in front of everybody. It's almost like it's a revelation from the Bible that they're taking him and they're picking him apart. And all of the allegations that they are making against President Trump, they are pointing four fingers, five fingers back at themselves. President Biden has caused so much corruption. Well, how do we, uh, I'm almost out of time here. How do we get to a yeah. place of unity? That's really what I'm asking of about. Unity, I'm, I'm, well, you, you know what? It's going to take a while. It's going to take a long while because right now what they're trying to do is um, show him, use him as a, it, it, it's just, it's in the Bible. It's in Revelation. Well, I, I don't know that, you know, I think I got to, I'm almost out of time here. I appreciate your call. You know, I want to be careful about what's in the Bible. What's in the Bible ultimately shows all governments failing. You know, I believe that our system of government is the best one ever in human history, but it is going to fail. Like with all of our problems, it ultimately doesn't make it because it's not the kingdom of God. You know, this is a, it's an interesting discussion, huh, everybody? I think that it is really hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for all of us to say, you know, the other side might be right, or the other side has a point here, or uh, because it's so, we're so conditioned now to say that side is wrong and they're just wrong. Whatever it is, I feel like if Jesus were to come on our show today and tell us exactly what's true, I think the next thing he would say is, and we're no closer to making disciples of the people in your life than we were before. So I, I do think he would have nuance about how we talk about politics and how we deal with that. But it's something to put in our minds here is that there is a bigger issue than these things and that our country's going to do better if we and I believe that the truth does come out if we're really seeking it, like so many of you have said, if we pray, if we realize this is spiritual, and the people who disagree with us, they're not our enemies. Our enemies is the the devil and the spiritual things. So much more to talk about this here, but I, I'm out of time. When we come back, I've got a guest from uh, Focus on the Family, uh, Lisa Anderson. She's going to talk about uh, a new trend with young adults who are giving up on marriage and some other stuff. I think you'll find that interesting. And Johnny and Ted and Byron, uh, sorry, I won't get to your calls this hour. You can call back on. Friday, open line Friday. This Tuesday edition of Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.